afternoon, good evening, whatever the time may be, and welcome back to Three Sweet Meat Bro! This is Mike, Tom, and Jim. We're here for another episode of Three Sweet Me Bro. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about a spotlighted wrestler this week uh, and kind of see what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. So I, I'm sure uh, because of your guys' background and uh, your love of movies and everything, have you guys seen anything about the uh, A24 production of the Von Erich movie starring uh, a very insanely jacked Zach Efron. My God, did that guy put on some, some muscle. Um, I just, I'm just curious to see if you guys know any, uh, anything else about it. Um, we just heard that, uh, uh, MJF is, uh, he's got a role in it. I believe he's going to be one of the Von Erics actually. Uh, I can't remember who he's playing as, but I'm very, very intrigued to see how this is. I mean, I'm I believe too- it's Carrie. I think he's Carrie Von Eric. He's, he's supposed to be the last, I believe, because I've, I've, I saw something where it was a side-by-side pick of him and uh, Carrie Von Eric. No, so. see, I thought, I thought uh, the, the kid from Shameless was going to be Carrie Von Eric. Oh, that ooh, you know what? That would be better. I'm not sure. That's So I just know very little. So okay, your question, is- Tom, is I've just seen a very jacked Zac Efron. And I'm, I'm, it's funny. It makes me laugh. But I'm really intrigued because, one, it's A24, which is pretty damn good. Like, they've got a pretty stellar track record. So I'm interested in this. Um, and... Um, and then um, I, Zach Efron's like, man, you, he's a charming dude, man. It's it's he's he's got some interesting shows where he's really just being a, a just him. And I think it's an interesting side. I can't think of the series. It's on Netflix that really kind of changed my mind about him. I'm like, he's just a cool guy. And like, he's really charming. And he's like, he's done some good stuff and he's done some dumb stuff and he just owns up to it. But at least uh, I don't know. He just there's it's the. Um, it's, I can't think of the show, but it's basically like he just travels around looking at like all these like really cool ways that we're sustainable or like we can be sustainable. And it's just like, oh, like there's a lot more to this guy. And I don't know why. And it just made me kind of take a different look at him. So I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what his take in this is. So that's about all I know. But, Jim, I don't know if you've heard anything. Or- I can't get past that he was in all the high school musicals, though. And I, I'm just like, I see him and I'm like, yeah, he's really jacked. But I'm like waiting for him to like break out in a song and dance. So it's like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Von Eriks is, is for sure a touchy uh, a movie to make because of uh, of the the severity of every individual in that family with uh, mental health. But uh, yeah, Jim, what what are your thoughts, man? Well, I, I I just pulled up the IMDb page real quick, and and it's one of the things I always always do is is go right to IMDb and see what what's released, what's official, and mm-hmm. they have Zach Efron listed as Kevin Von Eric. Uh, uh, Kevin. Which, uh, okay. Kevin is the only one who's currently still living. Ker- Kevin is the last of the brothers. Oh, that's and, right. I get Carrie and Kevin. Ah, yeah, that's Carrie my bad. Texas tornado. Um, and yep. Kevin is the only brother who's alive. And yeah, when you when you look at a picture of Zach Efron, a he's freakishly fucking ripped. He's like Scott Steiner ripped. Yes. And Kevin is a very fit man, but he is not bulky so i i'm really curious about that. i thought that was a misstep but anyway uh it, it, jeremy allen white from shameless and uh from uh from uh the, that hulu show uh about cooking that got yeah, really they, big oh the bear the bear there you go yeah he's carrie von eric so he's going to be playing the texas tornado yellow rose of texas carrie von eric uh they also i'm seeing here they have an actor for bruiser brody they have Ooh. an actor for harley race 
and they do have Maxwell Friedman listed on the IMDb, but with, with not with his role there. Interesting. Um, so all of that being said, I'll say that I'm what I'm really most excited about with this is, you know, not just the, the Von Erickson and, uh, you know, that legacy getting kind of mainstream attention, but the fact that A24 is the studio doing it. Uh, it, you know, it, you watch A24 films and they're about as unique as it gets in cinema these days. Uh, I, I actually I just rewatched several A24 films in the last week, uh, kind of coincidentally. And because it is such a unique storytelling style, they very uh, they, they pick scripts, they pick stories that are going to be a very different approach to storytelling. So I'm really looking forward to the A24 approach to this because, you know, the, like Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler was was good. I really enjoyed that. And I think this I think A24 is going to take the, the Darren Aronofsky turned up to 11 approach to the Von Erichs. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm oh, very excited. I'm right there with you, too, because, I mean, I think that there's yes, Tom, I, you know, I agree. It's it's a heartbreaking story when you really, you know, I just always remember it was like growing up, you know, it was like, oh, it was the curse of the Von Erichs. You know, that was all you ever really you know what I mean? You just knew that it was like, man, that family. And then. It's like now, obviously, is is you know the 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 curtain they say is getting more and more pulled back, and they do these dark side of the rings, and you start learning more and more. Like I legit straight up up until what was that? I think a couple of years ago, or the one that they did on the Von Erichs, where I had no idea he wrestled with a prosthetic foot. From like I had no idea, mm-hmm. and I was like, and he fooled everybody, that kind of thing. But like, but just the sort like the the like you said, Tom, the the mental health and like this that is just like. I, I just, I don't know, just thinking about it and like how Jim said, you know, the wrestler and how I saw the wrestler and, and whatnot, I could see this being a massive, like heartbreaking kind of just like Darren Aronofsky esque just rise and just utter fall and like just crying, like heartbreak, because like, it's a really sad story what happened to these poor. And like a lot of people have said that, like, you know, if it wasn't for this, like so-and-so would still probably be alive. And, you know, if, 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 if someone did this over this and, you know, I, I know I'm kind of speaking in uh, in in God. What's the? I can't think of the word vagueness, like whatever. But like, it is a it's a really complicated story, and I would highly recommend anybody not to like obviously go and be sad. But I mean, it's just it's it's a really complex and 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 interesting story about probably arguably I would say one of the biggest, if not like most important families in wrestling. I would say I. I you know, and like the just the what could have been and like what they did. And it's just crazy. So anyway, sorry that just really, really intrigued about the story. And I know a 24 is probably like you said, you're going to do a really, really, really good kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening and where it's been like, what to like, oh, God, no, like to like, oh, shit. Wait, 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 wait. One of the criticisms that I think could be lobbied against us as a podcast in this very brief run that we've had is that we don't really pay a lot of attention to NWA. And to that criticism, I would reply with, why the fuck would we? And I think this week, we've given more than enough support for why we don't talk about nwa um for those of you who aren't aware nwa uh you know obviously has existed for a very long time national wrestling alliance was a legendary uh entity and organization uh that was a a, a collective really of all the t- of not all but a lot of territories around the u.s and around the world actually for a minute there and it went away you know with the with the rise of wcw and wwf uh nwa kind of kind of disappeared for a while and it was rejuvenated and revitalized and given a whole new life uh by a man named billy corgan 
who you might know most as the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, after Billy Corgan had initially purchased a controlling interest in uh, TNA, uh, which remember TNA started as an NWA property, it started as NWA TNA uh, before transitioning to Impact. That's right. So Billy Corgan has been a lifelong wrestling fan, but he didn't get into the business until until he started working with NWA TNA, uh, and then that rolled off into impact and nwa with billy corgan owning and controlling nwa um and it's a shit show it's just an absolute shit show it and it really has is been, it has been for a very long time but this week the reason we're talking about it now is because this week probably the biggest name in the company and the guy that i would consider to be the flagship of the brand nick aldis announced that he would not be re-signing and that his contract is up at the end of this calendar year. And so January 1st, 2023, Nick Aldis becomes a free agent. He made that announcement and immediately afterwards, the NWA announced that they were taking him off of all of his bookings, including the pay-per-view that they just held this past weekend. They were removing him entirely. They basically, instead of letting the man ride out the last two months of his contract and then using him for two more months, said, all right, well then fuck you. We don't want you anyway. And so this week, we've got a lot of interesting look behind the curtain of NWA. Uh, Nick Aldis was on a podcast this week where he said, or excuse me, in an Instagram post, he said that NWA is the most toxic place in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Billy Corgan uh, has been saying some less than pleasant things about Nick Aldis uh, in podcasts on social media. And then to me, to me, just my personal opinion, to me, the biggest evidence that the NWA is is a sinking ship is the fact that this past weekend at their hard times pay-per-view, they decided to put their heavyweight championship belt on Tyrus. Now, if you're a casual wrestling fan, you're like, who the fuck is Tyrus? <laughs> For good reason. Because who the fuck is Tyrus? Nobody should know who Tyrus is. Tyrus had a very brief stint in the WWE as Tom. What was his name? WWE. Big remember? Man Brodus Clay. Brodus Funk is on a roll, baby. The Funkasaurus himself. Right. So the guy who used to do the fucking tag team with Lord Tensai slash Ice Team. I forgot about now here's the thing brodus clay tyrus whatever the fuck you want to call him is one of the worst big men performers i've ever fucking seen in my life i love a big man performer i am one of vader's biggest fans i always have been i always will be i love big man wrestling and tyrus is a fucking joke he has none of the athleticism you need he has none of the strength you need he doesn't have the look you need he literally looks like a fucking egg he literally looks like a goddamn chicken egg he's the fucking world champion oh and by the way if his complete lack of abilities didn't bother you he's also a fucking host of a fox nation show he's a regular fucking host for fox god fucking damn it now Billy Corgan. <laughs> Billy Corgan has really kind of flown under the radar in, in all of the talk, right? Like people like to talk about WWE versus AEW, right? They like to picture this Tony Khan versus Vince, Tony Khan versus Triple H. 
And one of the things that a lot of people like to throw at Tony Khan, a lot of the, the shots they throw at Tony Khan are really more applicable to Billy Corgan because Billy Corgan is without a doubt the biggest fucking mark in the history of the, the industry, right? He yeah. loves oh, yeah. marking out. And that's the only fucking reason you put a belt on Tyrus is because you think that there's going to be a social media uproar. You think that there's going to be buzz on the sheets about Tyrus being being champ. Nobody wants Tyrus to be champ. He beat fucking Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona. Yeah, how I was. Fuck, how does a fucking egg beat Matt Cardona? <laughs> just Honestly, I, I, like it was such a shit show over there. Such a shit show over there. And, and not to not to, to to go down this rabbit hole because I do have something to to uh, bring up about the shitholeness of the NWA. Something about one Trevor Murdoch said. Um, about their female division, uh, the women's division, my apologies. Um, but uh, real quick, I wanted to just say, uh, I to me, it's a sign, I think, because this, this is, again, not to go down this rabbit hole, but uh, I uh, word on the street, Chelsea Green is headed back to WWE and kind of makes me think Mr. Cordona might be going back. I could, I mean, could see it. I mean, the guy is just, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, but um, yeah, no, uh, my biggest problem, I think, with the NWA was just that bullshit that came out about how um, I think even Mr. Billy Corgan himself basically buried his own women's division. And I'm sorry, but he has probably one of the best up and coming female champions um, who it, I, I would be livid. I'd be like, go fuck yourself, dude. Camille, um, I believe is how you pronounce her name, but she, she's, she's working, but man, I'm huge fan. She's been, I mean, love it. She kind of reminds me a lot of like Charlotte Flair, um, and, and, and whatnot, but like, how dare you say basically that like, it was like, I'm paraphrasing here um, because I, I just, once I was realized kind of what I was reading, I was like, I couldn't, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You're just using the same old excuse of, oh, there's not enough talent or we didn't have enough time or this and that. And it's like, there is so much talent. And I know you've done this before because Thunder Rosa, it's how, and, and Layla Hirsch and all this and that, there could definitely be some, but I think it's because you're just such a fucking dickhead for saying something like that. And then you get Trevor Murdoch, who honestly, like I was a big fan, love it. Old school, Harley race, this and that dude, your stock for me just went so dope, so low is you buried your own women's division as well. Like I, I was going to bring it up and I, I meant to save uh, something he said in a podcast, but it was basically in the line of just like, eh, we don't have enough money. And really it's just, they're not really good enough. And you know, why would we bring them in if they're not even at this level yet? And blah, 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 blah. And it just was like, cool. Just keep burying women's wrestling and you just literally buried your own your own women's division and it's just i was like i just was like i can't believe this like well, i really you know, truly can't nick believe aldis, it. nick aldis said on twitter actually after that came out he was like if you're wondering if this is one of the reasons i left yes and that because it's a fucking toxic environment for you're, you're absolutely i think the quote was something along the lines of uh can you find me two independent women's wrestlers who could headline a pay-per-view to which the response is, yeah, yeah, I could find you a fucking 80 of them. You <laughs> schmuck. Like, which is even crazy, too, because like WWE, even for all their faults, had an entire fucking pay-per-view devoted to all women's wrestling. And and I wish they would they would do it again. I wish they would do it more. Obviously, they were testing the waters, which is and, and it did. OK, so don't don't fucking sit there and tell me that, like, 
you can't find women to have, like you, dude, you're just sexist. You're a sexist idiot. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, to say that you have no money, you're in the fucking smashing pumpkins. He went on Joe Rogan's podcast and legit bragged for, I don't even know who gives a shit for how long about how much money he has. And he gets to a point where he has so much money that he blows it on things that he absolutely doesn't need. The dude is a fucking idiot. Like, I can I can barely listen to the guy inter- like do any interview because of his voice. And for the record, I hate the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, and also, too, this dipshit just recently came out and said that, and 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 we'll save these opinions for later. But he is the Smashing Pumpkins will be a bigger band than Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden all combined together. Which I will gladly tell him to go fuck himself because that is a complete joke. Yeah. Sure. Well, have you heard his conspiracy theories? he's a massive conspiracy theory my favorite is that he's a very firm believer in chemtrails right so like (laughs) and you see an airplane and you see a trail of water vapor behind it which is you know known as water vapor no according to the owner of the nwa that's actually chemicals that the government is dropping over populations to keep us docile now i'm not sure how billy explains how he's not breathing the same air as the rest of us because apparently we're all fucking fooled into this but he breathes some different air and he isn't inhaling the chemicals some fucking how but that's the caliber of person we're dealing. So, like I said, people shit on Tony Khan all the time. Billy Corgan is legitimately the worst possible fucking person to have running an organization like this. And ninety nine percent of the criticisms I hear lobbed at Tony Khan really fucking stick to Billy Corgan, but he flies so under the radar because his product is so fucking meaningless. Yeah, and I've been trying to like think of that too. Like when I read stuff about you know Tony Khan, and I'm like, wait, there's somebody probably there. No, there is someone way worse, and it's. It's him, man. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to spend much too much time on him. Cause I mean, it's just obviously like clearly, you know, Jim's worked up. I like, I can't stand it. Like it's yeah. just, we gotta, we gotta call him down. We gotta get some like class. <laughs> no, I mean, Rick Rude quick. We gotta get going here, man. <laughs> no, but you know, not to, not to just, I mean, it's just, it's obviously I think with, you know, the last episode where we talked about how we're not supporting Saudi Arabia and whatnot. And it's just like, I can't, I just ignore him. Like, it's like, cool. You're going to be like, I feel bad for his performers. I feel bad for the women's division, but I'm just like, I hope, I hope that this just brings them negative pet and they get the hell out of there and that they go to some place where, you know, they can, they, they're valued and you, you're not going to have a guy who just had the strap bury your entire division. And I think that's just disgusting. And so I'm just going to ignore it. I'm like, cool, man. I'll watch something else. Like, good luck with your stupid division. I was, I, mean, I, I have no idea. Obviously I don't really want to watch it, but like, it's also really hard to like watch NWA. Like I think you have to go through like fight or whatever, and I'm not paying money to, to swarm. So while I was reading the reviews, I, again, and we've talked about this in the last episode about like, being a disappointed wrestling fan <laughs> and i i read the you know tire tyrus wins and i just went <sighs> i just sighed and like my wife immediately was like all right who lost somebody lost <laughs> i was like no no somebody really bad one and also too i wanted to add this uh he got um he was uh tyrus was like swept in the me too movement yep too and, oh, yeah. and it was all it was all dropped but like of course you know I, that's neither here nor there, but like, dude's a scumbag really too. You? What? <laughs> Does that really surprise you? Doesn't he just yeah, look exactly no. like who would be swept up in the Me Too movement? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Something else that, you know, I think not to not to just keep um I don't want to say shitting on the organizations that put on, you know, the, the the entertainment that we watch, but I think it's it's, you know, honestly I really do uh, it's important to to really call this stuff out to to pay attention to it because I think it was ignored um for for far far too long, you know, about, you know, obviously the toxic environment at the NWA and Kind of got me thinking about this World Cup that they're doing on SmackDown for who is who wins it and gets another shot at, you know, at uh, Gunther. Sorry, I just it's Walter. I, I'm just, no, sorry, everybody. It's Walter. I, I can't get with it. I don't like it. I see what they're doing. And I'm like, uh, like, you know, and I'm like, I don't like this. But anyway, that's a whole nother thing we can talk about. Um, I mean, well, it's kind of in relation to this, but. Uh, Jim actually brought it up the other day when um, I didn't I didn't see it. I just I, it's hard for me to watch a WWE product these days. But Jim mentions he's like, yeah, I love this World Cup. Um, Jinder Mahal, who's Indian, is built from Canada. And uh, Mustafa Ali, who is is from Chicago and on, uh, but uh, is also very proud Pakistani an Indian man. Um, Sami Zayn is a very proud Syrian man from Canada. And they're billing him from Canada. I think you can kind of see where I'm going here. And I just, it's like, I don't like this. And it just reeks very, very Vince McMahon-y, you know, where it's like, if this is going to get into like USA versus Germany and whatnot. And I'm just like, I, really, really, are we doing this? I, seriously? Like, I hope it's not that. I really hope it's like, Jesus Christ, it's going to be, you know, Lex Luger slamming Yokozuna on the Intrepid all over again. And I just like, can we please stop this bullshit and like just why why World Cup? Why that like I like the international tie. I think you can do that and it's fun, but like you don't this is stupid. Why are we putting so much emphasis on, you know, oh Gunther, he's German. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, everyone. He's he's a naughty man. And he's a you know, bad ooh, guy. Syrians, they're Muslims. Like, ooh, you know, and it just reeks of this yeah. bullshit. And I don't like it. And it's I'm like, I'm kind of surprised. And I don't know if this is just one of these things where someone was like, Triple H, it was in motion. Put your head down, get through it. Because he he got to tell me he hasn't been fielding just questions about this. Like, are you, really? Really? <laughs> like, really? I, it just. Well, I think what's what's most. I mean, that for one thing, the reason they're doing the World Cup is because it's a cross promotion, right? Fox is airing the World Cup. And oh. so this is, you know, their their cross promotion. Right. But the way that they're doing it is insulting, honestly. Um, I mean, the examples you just listed there, Mike, you know, uh, Jinder Mahal, first of all, hasn't been on TV in how fucking long now right he, he was an afterthought they brought him back just for this and they brought jinder mahal back to be the representative of india right like when he comes out they put the indian flag up he's from fucking canada he was born <laughs> and raised in fucking canada they right? don't hate jinder baby you know <laughs> you know my you know the, with, uh, mustafa ali born and raised in fucking chicago right but they put the pakistani flag up right Sami Zayn, proud syrian Born in Canada, listed as from Canada. Now, I want you to get a mental picture in your head right now of what does Mustafa Ali, Jinder Mahal, and Sami Zayn, what do they look like, right? That's what's really fucking bothering me here is that guys who have a clear ethnic heritage, guess what? 
you're now representing your ethnic heritage. And that is such a fucking 1980s Vince McMahon move that in the year 2022, how the fuck do you sleep at night? And not to mention, not to mention, Braun fucking Strowman is representing <laughs> America? Fuck you, as an American? Fuck you. Fuck yeah. you for having Braun Strowman represent me. Yeah, I also get Ricochet, so that balances out. But fuck you for Braun Strowman representing Which me. is even crazier to think about it, too, because of all the, the backlash he got from those the, the his, his tweets from, like, the – he said, I can't remember. I don't care enough to remember. But it was like – flippity floppity do or something he said like and 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 like you know mustafa ali i think had one of the best like like you know slapbacks or whatever what are they what are they called comebacks uh and uh so he had one of the best comebacks where he's like hey can you can you teach me how to get fired (laughs) (laughs) but like i the, the way i look at it is like why okay so you do the world cup why not do exactly what they did with uh the 205 live tournament literally get guys from their country like that would have made the most sense and on, on top of that too if this is if this was truly a triple h idea it's very disappointing because like triple h actually did that with the 205 product so it's like I, are you as a as part of like your weird punishment for taking over having to fulfill like mcmahon's like <laughs> stupid storylines because yeah as soon as i saw it and 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 um I was just, I was just like, wait, what? What is going on? And then you were texting us about it, and I was like, oh man, this is even worse. It does. It feels very thrown together. Uh, the even from the graphic, the cup, right? They have the the trophy out there. It shit. all feels, yeah, it all feels very thrown together. Whereas the two hundred five tournament, yeah. that was months of of, of pre production and brilliant execution. This feels like a oh fuck. We told Fox we were going to do some kind of cross promotion for World Cup. Uh, you, you're dark. Get out there. <laughs> you look like one of those Muslims. <laughs> Could you imagine them just like looking at the, that stupid trophy in someone's office and Triple H is like, hey, well, this is pretty cool. What is it? And he's like, oh, I got this for soccer. And the Fox exec walks in. And he's like, the, the trophy right here, sir. Because like, <laughs> it's it like, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> It's, it looks like tinfoil. It looks it like somebody took something from Party City and then got golden colored tinfoil and wrapped it. It just, it, you said the whole thing just looks so fucking last minute thrown together. And I, I just, it, it, to me, this is, it's, I hope the best case scenario is that this is like brawl for all where it's over. And then we pretend like it never fucking happened. Like, <laughs> forever. I have a feeling I don't, I don't know why, but this just to me reeks of of Braun Strowman versus Gunther Walter, and it's going to be, you know, America. I just uh, I, and the less said than. Although I am looking forward to Gunther just chopping the shit out of Braun. Like, I mean, that would be pretty pretty great. Like, yeah, I'll give it to Braun. Braun's a big dude. I'm sure he can take it, but I'm just like. Oh, it's going to be so satisfying to see you just get mollywhomped by that dude. I would. Best case scenario is Gunter caves in Braun Strowman's <laughs> For those of you who, who did happen to see the World Cup, uh, you, you may have also noticed on the same episode of SmackDown, uh, there was supposed to be the long awaited 
for somebody. I don't know who, but I'm sure somebody was waiting for the <laughs> in-ring debut, the main roster debut of BFAB. Uh, and BFAB was supposed to be taking on <laughs> Selena Vega. Now, I actually would look forward to that. I think Selena Vega is fantastic. I would love to see her wrestle, blah, blah, blah. Well, that match got interrupted when uh, the... Uh, I don't even know what they're called anymore because they're the fucking war raiders always have been always will be, but the Viking experience or whatever the fuck they are now, uh, ah, war machine. Yeah. When, when, when they ran in and broke up and then they introduced who I swear. Oh my God. It was Sarah Logan right now. Sarah Logan is married to Eric Rowan makes perfect sense that she'd be with the group. I get all that. But when she climbed in the ring, I legitimately was sitting in my living room and went, holy fuck, Max the Impaler, because she looks exactly like Max the Impaler, who now, again, casual fans would know Max the Impaler is an incredibly influential and over indie wrestler. Right. Max, the impaler known as the non-binary nightmare has the exact fucking look. Right. The 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 head paint. Right. Like half the top half of your head painted uh, the dreadlocks, the fucking wardrobe. Right. Literally, the difference is that Sarah Logan wasn't wearing fucking boots. Like to me, that's like yeah. literally the only difference between Max, the impaler. And, and, and now there have been a lot of incidents in the past of, a, of a, you know, WWF, WWE has has historically deliberately ripped off other people's look right like the the berserker right was clear was absolutely and admittedly just a rip off of bruiser brody they've done this many many times but this one is really really fucking bothers me because people are now going to think that that look is sarah logan's and max the impaler is a cheap knockoff and and it's in fucking insulting to somebody like max the impaler who's been busting ass for years coming up with an incredibly original gimmick an incredibly original look and will now get zero fucking credit uh just because i don't know i have no idea what could have motivated sarah logan and the wwe to to go this route but it was really fucking disappointing and like you said mike not something anybody was asking for I never heard anybody saying, when's Sarah Logan coming back? Nobody fucking cared, dude. Like, this was completely unnecessary and shitty to do. Yeah, no, I, that, that, it, it bugged me as well. Um, uh, for both the Max and Paley reason. Um, and then, but just the, it, like, why? Like, that was my other. Was Mike, again, I'll, I'll no. your job real quick. Uh, I was actually more surprised that you weren't pissed at the fact that they ripped off Malachi Black as well. Because she came out with all the, the antlers on the head. And, and I didn't, I mean, I don't. Well, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, she, she stood up at the entrance and it was very like, I don't think she was sitting cross-legged. I, I, but like, you saw the antlers and I went, well, I was like, oh man, they copied that. And then I saw her come out, you see her. And I was like. Are you fucking serious? It was yeah. blatant ripoff, and I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Mike. But like, no, you're fine. I was just like, this is. I, I honestly think this is more of Rowan, uh, not Rowan, right? What's his name? Eric Rowan, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I was I was thinking of the red beard guy. I really think that this is 100 like Triple H being like, hey, if you got ideas, pitch them. And throw them out to us. I think it's their story because, like, in their personal life, he he does like a, a really like interesting like he lives like a Viking lifestyle. And I know he LARPs, which is 
kind of disappointing to know this. <laughs> it, it like I was just like, oh, cool. They're, they're, he's like passionate about like living his life like this, and so now we're seeing it on, on on screen. And when you see it on screen, you're like, swinging a miss, man. Like I don't give a shit. Like they've got all these like weird marks on their face now too, and I'm just like. Just give me fucking War Machine, man. Like, give me those guys back, please. No, that's basically it. Like, it's just like, it's like, oh, God, this is War Machine. Like, you know, wrestled at the Tokyo Dome and, you know, just buzz on the ROH. Like, what what the hell is going on? Like, I dig the Viking thing. I've always been kind of like, obviously, like with the it. But it is it just it all reeks of a cheap knockoff of like Malachi Black and Max the Impaler. And it's just. Uh, like they and not to bring up but jim i don't know uh to to go back to your early your point about how just like the wwe definitely blatantly rips off people and like yes of course it can naturally some not necessarily naturally happen but sometimes it can just happen um you know but like a big ripoff was um and we don't have to talk about this guy more than this but um when jack gallagher well both of them actually jack gallagher was doing the umbrella thing. It was a blatant ripoff of Marty Skrull, who like Cold actually called it out on his podcast. And he said, he's like, I'm not naming names or anything like this, but he's like, it really, really bugs me when a specific organization gets something over when I've known a guy who's worked his ass off to get an umbrella over for, you know what I mean? And like, and it's just, again, it's the same thing. And it's like, oh, now Marty Skrull, like it's, it, it, that's exactly what happened to him. And of course we all know what happened to both of them, but that's not <laughs> the point is just that it is, it just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I I I like it, War Machine as they are. I don't understand what what she's doing there. But then again, this reeks of Julia Hart with Malachi, and it's just like no, I they're way better and way scarier than like I dig the Viking stuff, but it's over super entertainment. You guys were decent wrestlers, but now you're supposed to be entertainers, you know, sports entertainers, and it's like no thanks. I'll watch the other. That's better. Yeah. Well, and I would would would. I saw Sarah Logan coming because all of the vignettes they've had in the last several weeks, you know, she's narrating it. Right. And I recognize her. I'm like, oh. And again, knowing that she's married to, to Roe, uh, I, I just looked it up, by the way. It's Raymond Roe, who's Eric, uh, not Eric. Rowe. Eric Rowe and his red beard. I don't know. Oh, okay. that, that fucking, that's why I kept doing that. Uh, my brain is scrambling it all up. But yeah, Eric is Raymond Rowe and he's married to Sarah Logan. Uh, but you know, I, I recognized her voice. I knew she was married to 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 Roe. So I was like, oh, okay, it's gotta be Sarah Logan. Um, seeing her bothered me, number one, because of the the obvious ripoff of Max the Impaler, but also because this is this is something I've been I've been seeing a lot of people pick up on, on Twitter, and I, I think it's hilarious. Um there's there's more than a little bit of a coincidental uh, association between people who are fascinated with Viking culture and white supremacists. Yeah. <laughs> and so seeing them like go way into like I've look, I think Viking culture is fucking interesting and fascinating. And like I loved Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And you know, like I, I mythology is interesting and all that. But like every time I see somebody with a fucking Thor's hammer necklace, I'm like, oh. I bet you I know what bumper stickers are on your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, that it gets very dangerous into to like yeah. the the line between like Viking love and like white supremacy feels very like. Uh, yeah. uh, and he's he's drug free, which those guys have also known to be 
skinheads are it, I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm not I no idea. I'm just but it it that whole genre definitely well, and she's she's an unabashed, yeah. unabashed fascist. I mean, if you look at Sarah Logan's actual like, because she's been out of the game for a while, so nobody's been policing her social media. You look at what she's been like. Let me put it this way: on January sixth, she would have been going towards the Capitol building, right, and like has made no secret about it. Interesting. <laughs> Sarah Logan and Chris Jericho's yeah. wife are gonna be fucking tight. Uh, if they ever get to hang out. So I just, it makes me really uncomfortable with like, is this really where we're going to go with all this shit? There was, I, I followed her for a minute on Instagram when they were doing, when like Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan, they were that faction. And like, she, she um was posting all these like really graphic photos of like, because they, his, her, Sarah Logan's husband, Eric, or whatever his name is. What was his name again? Ronald? Ra- Ra- Raymond Rowe. Raymond Rowe. Raymond Rowe. So anyways, they, they're wow. like big hunters and they like, which is whatever. I don't hunt. I don't care. But like, it was like super graphic. And she was like fighting every person who was like, hey, this is kind of gross. Can you take this off? And like, it, not even vegans. Like, it was just like, a. it was just like, oh man, I was like chilling watching like wrestling highlights through Instagram and I see a dead deer carcass. I'm like, oh, cool. This sucks. And yeah. And, and to, to comment to your Thor comment too, it's like, we're all Marvel and, and, and DC comic nerds. And it's never the Thor from Marvel that you're like, Oh, as soon as you see Molnir, you're like, Oh, cool. Thor, like long blonde hair. And they're like, well, actually Thor was like fat and had a gut. And I'm like, never mind. Like, forget it. <laughs> I'm the wrong Thor. Sorry. There's a lot. There's a lot more graffiti and bleeped out words in your version of Valhalla. I mean, what we talked about, you know, gimmick nobody wanted, and now we're just going to end on before we get to something that you, you know, we we do recommend and we do get behind, but we have to talk about one thing that just again, for the second straight week, no one wanted um, was Mr. Jeff Jarrett and and, and a microphone, and <laughs> I again. Oh boy. So like I've been. I've been a little behind the curve. Just I've, I've been busy, work life, all that fun stuff. So my 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 co-hosts they're usually watching before I do, and and I usually don't get the chance to say, hey, you know, hey, just before you do, just you know, no spoilers. Usually they're very good at not. But first, Jim goes, God fucking damn it, and then Tom goes, oh fucking no way, and like I was like, oh no, what happened, guys, and like. So I'm, I'm behind them by about an hour and I catch up and I'm like, okay, I think I might know what's going to happen. And, uh, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, it's, it's the Joe turn, you know? And, and, and Tom's like, guess again. And I'm like, uh oh. (laughs) And then, so I like the Jay lethal comes out, has a decent match completely. I've just, I've had a week like it, see some good wrestling. And, and then all of a sudden I go, oh crap, this is what they were talking before I can even (laughs) think about it. Here he comes and out he comes again. And then, which leads to a match, which I definitely do not care about nor want. I don't understand it. I don't know what they're doing. And I just would love to get your thoughts. But in case you weren't, if you haven't tuned in for the past couple of episodes, we were talking other than Mr. Jeff Jarrett uh, showed up once again on Dynamite. Um, and I, he, he, uh, yeah, well, fellas. <laughs> for, for those who have been listening, uh, Jim is a massive Jeff Jarrett fan, uh, according to Mike. Mark uh, the fuck out right now. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> God fucking. I was really, I was worried about bringing this up again because I was just like, holy shit, am I going to offend Jim? And then I, you know, I just, I shot. I popped the volume before the show started. I'm good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the, hey, you think Jim's a Jeff Jarrett fan? <laughs> I, I, Tom, I, I think he, I think he might. I, I, I agree. You might have. I don't, know, I don't know, but anyway, so fellas, the, Jeff Jarrett, round two. What are your thoughts? I, before Jim just explodes, um, I, I don't, I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I. It, this is again, what man? This is what happens when. You're, I don't even know. This is what happens when <laughs> it makes no sense. Trying to appease to a certain audience, but who specifically apparently just does not give a shit about WCW. Like, let it fucking go. And uh, like, he comes out. I just, I'm also just like, just in general, it's because like I'm irritated. I'm seeing Jeff Jarrett on my television now. I'm just like just being catty as all get out like why are you dressed as like this dark cowboy like what the fuck are you wearing last outlaw like the last he's he's legit doing he's doing the same thing he did like tom you just said it he's basically doing the same thing that he did in wcw when he came out shot on hogan did that whole thing and it remember that when he was like slap nuts and all this now he's just doing it as like jim just said the last outlaw and i'm like um, but it's not needed. So I, what is going on? And like, I, I don't know if either of you are going to talk about the fact that he shot, um, uh, two shots to the WWE, uh, for, I mean, no real reason, no real reason at all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so anyway, Tom, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just, I think it's funny. He's legit doing the same thing he did 20 years ago. And I just, I don't understand it, but Continue, Tom. You just, you, I, honestly, man, you just answered the question as to why I'm like pissed off about Jeff Jarrett, other than other reasons, is because he, and I think this is, it's not killing the product. I've read a lot about people who kind of complain about it, is that he unwillingly took shots that nobody gave a shit about at Braun Strowman and Triple H. Like, okay, cool, man. And that's what pisses me off is because he thinks in his mind, that he's a fucking draw. He's not. And that's what's going to get people to tune in. They're going to be like, oh, here's Jeff Jarrett. He's going to take some shots at WWE. Like, nobody gives a shit. We talk about it all the time about the dumb tribalism of the two companies, like these fans mysteriously hating one another, which we, I don't think we do at all. Uh, we just all love wrestling. And that's that's the thing, is that he's trying to use old, dumb tactics to try to get viewerships when all I want to do is turn my fucking TV off. And the, the dude just... Like Tony Khan, man, swinging a miss. Like, what are you doing, dude? Real quick, Jim, and that's and, and if you if you're gonna touch on this, I I do want to hear what you. But like when he said that when he was like banana nose and tight red pants, I was like, no, wait a minute, did I, I legit? I was like, did he just shoot at Triple H and Braun Strowman? I'm like, well, why did he do that? Anyway, Jim, it just that made me like I was, and Katie, even Kate, my wife, was like, what? And I'm like. I don't have the time to explain this, <laughs> like, but it's too dumb to elaborate. Yeah. I like, I it's my brain might explode or I might have to run into a wall because I've just talked myself into a circle. But anyway, Jim, please. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't know what the fuck the point is here. And now they've got, now they've got Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal going against Darby Allen and staying at the fucking pay-per-view. I mean, I, I, I literally, I wrote on Twitter, I replied to the official AEW tweet about it. And I said, no one, and I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> no one is paying money to see Jeff Jarrett. Cause it's true. 
No one gives a flying fuck about Jeff Jarrett. And you're right. He thinks he's a draw. He thinks he's a name. He never fucking was. When he was running TNA, nobody cared about him because that you had AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Jeff Jarrett has never been the man and never will be the man. He keeps trying to position himself as the man, but he'll never fucking get there because his finisher is a reverse Russian leg sweep, right? That my fucking eight-year-old daughter could execute more cleanly. He has no fucking charisma. He's he's Chris Jericho without all the fucking titles because he's just rehashing all of his old shit over and over and over again. Taking a shot at Braun Strowman. Okay, cool. I'm with you. It's low hanging fruit at this point, but okay. <laughs> Why the fuck are you talking about Triple H? Triple H just put you in the Hall of Fame, you ungrateful piece of shit. Triple H is just giving you a job seven fucking months ago, you loser. What the fuck are you talking about? And if you're going to talk shit about somebody, don't talk about their fucking nose, you twat. He has yeah, nothing right. to do with that. Yeah. Talk about the Talk about the fact that he that he fucking talks like an idiot. But don't talk about shit he can't control, you jag off. Fuck. <laughs> No, I know. It is I yeah, it like it made no sense. And it to to quote uh uh one of my favorites at this moment, um, he's just he's m -m 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 mid at best. And he always nice. has been nicely done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh for a gentleman who is on the rise in anything but mid, but we'll yes, it's I have a feeling we're gonna have a lot to talk about next weekend, but no, just when Jericho, I was like or sorry, not Jericho, but when um, uh, I was going to say the same thing, it just like I said, when he was I'm like, did he just wow, he really shot at the fact that this big dude wears tight pants and this other guy has a big nose like sick burn, man. Like you really got him. And I'm like, I I'm, I hope Triple H is also just laughing his ass off. Just like I'm not even mad. The dude's just embarrassing himself at this point. Like I think if if Jared really wanted to shoot across the bow he would have said something about like his health or so you know really taking a dig like that may have been like oh ooh, like okay okay what's i could see trips like nice little shot across the bow i think that like most wrestling companies enjoy like okay you're you're pushing we'll push back you know and i mean there's a fine line between that obviously and whatnot um you know i'm not trying to say uh, ill will on triple h having like almost having a heart attack my father's dealing with that, so not to not to make light of it, but just in the world of wrestling, where it's everything is always an expose and it's always bigger and you know this and that. So why not? Uh, you know, but like he doesn't. He shoots at his big nose and one of his talents who wears tight pants. Who cares? <laughs> like, wow, well, dude, what? That, that's not. That's not going to make me go like, oh, boy, what's Braun Strowman going to say next? <laughs> well, he's got, he's got to leave the door open. Like, Jeff Jarrett knows that his time's going to come around, and he doesn't want to be perma-banned from WWE. So he's going to do the lame shit yeah. so that he can try and get heat. But, yeah, he just fails on all levels. I, I'm just so. chuckling too much over here because of, of the, the, the most perfect insult Jim just said. You're just a loser. Like, <laughs> loser. Like, it is, it, you know, honestly, too, what pisses me off uh, about it is that it just reminds me so much of your stereotypical washed up wrestler who doesn't know when to hang it up. And that drives me absolutely nuts because you can make a career in wrestling 
retire and live live your life to the fullest nowadays. Obviously, that's not the case when you get to some of these older wrestlers. And it's just like, you egomaniac, get off of my television. Because what really pissed me off is the fact that we got, again, 30 seconds of Ricky Starks. And what he, got, he gets attacked by, which is fine. I'm, I'm all for that feud. But like, poof, 30 seconds just so Jeff Jarrett can come out looking like a washed up, weird, bleach blonde Chuck Norris. And <laughs> hey, I'm the last outlaw, big nose and tight pants. Like, dude, go away. Just get off that television. Slap nuts. Yeah. I said slap nuts, right, guys? As he's like. <laughs> We've given you, I felt like, a lot of sour. I think we need to sweeten this up a little bit uh, and give you um, some good things to watch. Because um, there was definitely some good things to watch uh, this week. And I think actually from from multiple platforms. Uh, by platforms, I mean multiple organizations. Uh, you know, we're not limiting ourselves to just WWE, uh, excuse me, WWE, AEW, you know, um, Impact, obviously NWA, we're looking at everything. So, uh, but, you know, collectively, we've put together some some matches we think we should check out. Something good uh, to watch. Um, I would say check out uh, Ethan Page uh, versus uh, Eddie Kingston from Dynamite. Um, I am a massive, massive Eddie Kingston fan, but I am also a much more massive fan of Ethan Page. I something about that dude is just he I feel like he is on the cusp of exploding and they're finally figuring out what to do with him and like the guy can wrestle. I think he um you know uh it, it just it, I don't think he's going to win obviously. Um I you know I can kind of I think I can kind of see where they're going with this but like it's he's getting a really really good rub and the fact that he beat Kingston um, uh, it, I thought was a really, really good rub. He's got Bandito in the next round, which I'm just like, oof, that's a toughie. Um, because I love Bandito, but I, I just, I've been wanting to see Ethan Page just go loose. And the fact that he did the finisher, he did his finisher on on MJF is like kind of speaks volumes about what they're they're wanting to do with him. And like, I could see him getting really, really groomed as a as a as a, as a good heel. And like. I, if I've ever got a chance to meet him, I've always wanted to tell him he has been one of the first wrestlers in a long time when he was with Dan Lambert. And he I, I don't know if you remember it because he, he's done it multiple times. But he did this thing where he just got really quiet and then suddenly burst into this. Th- and it like made me jump. And I was like, that's not happened in a long time. And I've always wanted to I'm like, dude, you got me to like gasp actually <laughs> like a hard heel promo. And I he is just. He knocks my socks off, and I think that he's just – I like what they're doing with the firm, and I like it. So check it out. It's nothing like, oh, my God, it's nothing crazy, but it's just – it's two guys hard-hitting, and clearly they're giving the rub to uh, Ethan Page, who I think is is much deserved. And um, um, I love that he's – he's you can clearly see his progression. I thought it was a good run he had with Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky. Um, I could even see them kind of coming back and doing something, but like I just I like to see the progression of Ethan Page, and I think it's really dope of Eddie Kingston to 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 give them to give him the rub and 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 put him over. Um, and that speaks volumes for Eddie Kingston, and why I also love Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, so I hey more more Eddie Kingston, more Ethan Page. What can I say? So I don't know, gentlemen. What uh, what what about your picks for the week? My match of the week uh, goes to Santos Escobar and Nakamura. Um, I know we did we did complain about the World Cup, but um, <laughs> without that background, I think it was just a really solid match. I I love both uh, both of the performers. I mean, I mean Nakamura just 
I mean, he's a legend in his own. Um, Escobar, I believe, was uh, who was he on? Um, King Cuerno. I think he's really good. I, I like I like his faction. I like him being kind of uh, this sleazy, like you know, rich, arrogant heel. Um, I, it was it was good. It was nice to see Nakamura kind of get kind of be himself uh, for a little bit during that match. Um, I did also want to bring up uh, Roosh versus Bandito. However, it just seemed a little little off. Roosh seemed a little off, and those dudes have fought, you know, for a long time. Um, and I just there was something about you know I I, I Roosh just either for me he's either really fucking good or just kind of. Eh. And it, it just didn't show. It, it didn't show up on AEW. But not more sure. versus Escobar versus. It was classic. It was not a classic, but it was really good. So I was so really quick, not to interrupt you, Jim, but like I that was going to be my. Well, no, that was going to be my choice. Like one of my choices was Bandito versus Rouge because I was like, I really, really want to see it. And like you, Tom, I was like, oh man, like not that I was, but like thinking about it now is like those guys like have could have. Uh, insane matches like mm-hmm. I, they literally could probably go out and put a pay-per-view caliber match like Roosh is that good Bendito is that good like that's really hard to be like okay we're on rampage we're this like how do we still promote the main event like that could have stolen everything from Orange Cassidy and like that's a hard thing to do because I was even waiting for him like oh my god when's Bandito gonna do this when's he gonna do this when's he gonna he's not doing this what the hell's going on and even Roosh felt very limited and i think it was just it was quick get him over bandito's clearly moving on whatever i just i don't know that just it but it, i agree with you tom it felt very like eh. like but i think that's why though because it was like ugh, like this is a dream match between these two guys like oh yeah and, and, and it just yeah none of them did their big moves and like it just yeah it was a bummer so yeah, going in, going into the week, Roosh Bandito would have been my pick. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, like you said, the execution just it didn't. You're right, Roosh was just off, and it, it didn't it didn't pan out the way it could. Yeah. Now, I, I hope that doesn't I hope that doesn't make them reluctant to try it again because I think you give those guys a hundred matches and ninety nine of them. Are gonna be oh yeah, easily. Oh my god. Um, so, but uh, my my pick of the week, my match of the week was uh, Jordan Grace uh, versus Giselle Shaw on uh impact uh and yeah apparently i'm that guy now who likes to talk about women's wrestling and about impact uh i'm the only one who does uh i don't know why i'm a huge jordan grace fan i think jordan grace is absolutely phenomenal i think she's one of the best talents out there male or female uh i think the fact that she gets to go home and get uh coaching from jonathan gresham is fucking amazing uh right. and and i just I, I i love her character work i love her style uh i just I, i'm a huge fan i thought they put on a great match i thought there were some really good spots there um i mean it was a typical impact match right it wasn't something you would headline wrestlemania with but it was uh i thought it was i thought it was a really good match for just a regular impact show um i also really enjoyed the fact that the whole time i had this theme in my head of uh kind of me saying haha fuck you transphobes uh because one of the criticisms you hear from transphobes all the time is you know like oh men are gonna pretend to be women so they could dominate the sporting world (laughs) sorry fuck you hillbilly because giselle shaw first of all no one in the million fucking years is gonna look at giselle shaw and be like see see they just transitioned to be good at pro wrestling and number two jordan grace is such a fucking phenomenal athlete 
and was doing no one in a million years could be like Seedish proof. I just I love that match because on the one hand, I thought both both the talents did a had a really good time. I thought both of them had some really good spots. But then also I just I have to admit, part of me was like, haha, fucking hillbillies. That's what you, you know, like explain to me how Giselle Shaw is trying to just cheat the system here, you fucking schmucks. So I, I thought it was a great match on on multiple levels. No, I'm a I'm I'm right there with you, Jim. I'm a I'm a huge Jordan Grace fan. Um haven't heard too much about Jill Saw. Um, I, I definitely something I need to 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 jump on the train about, but I I too am a big, big, big fan of Jordan Grace. Um I actually uh I don't know how. Um I follow her on Instagram. Um I think it was because of just I I love her journey and how she's been just like I was this bigger girl. I'm this, this is who I am. And she's been very, very, very body positive um, and very open about her struggles. And I think it's really cool. And like also getting to see how she promotes herself outside of wrestling is very interesting. Um, I don't know, maybe this is a weird cheap plug for Jordan Grace, but I think she does this like bikinis and barbells thing, which is not my thing, but she's always promoting it on her Instagram page. So I'm like, it's oh, man, this is weird, which has also led my algorithm to get to like, now I'm looking at like, you know, professional bodybuilding women and I'm like, oh, God damn it. And I'm like, again, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not my cup of tea, but I'm just like, damn it. Every time I like linger on a Jordan Grace photo, I'm like, oh, what? Oh, OK, nope, that, not my. Oh, OK, here we go. Now I'm on bodybuilding women and, you know, and and bodybuilding fetishes. And I'm like, God damn. Like, uh. I, I love I love her character progression, because like if if you watch the very first AEW pay-per-view, the battle royal that they had. She was in the first. Oh, that's very right. She was. Battle royal. And you watch that versus two. And she got a really good shine there, right? They they actually kind of spotlighted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they did. And she she has come so far since then. She was great then. She's come so far since. And she's grown, not just changed, but grown. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 she had that period there where she was thick mama pump, right? Yeah. Yeah, her and Scott Steiner and, and uh, uh, right. Williamson. And it was, she's had so many great kind of moments in her career that have built to this and the sky's the limit. Cause I mean, she's so young. Oh she my God. So yeah. It, young. She's like 25, 24, yeah. 25. It's insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for where she can go. And yeah, Same. I, uh, I have no shame in saying, uh she's everyone's cup of tea uh she is a must follow on instagram must follow on twitter yeah uh she's hilarious she is gorgeous uh i i love i love you jordan i love you i oh yeah she comes to she comes to zello pro all the time and i just i want to like i have a really bad habit of when i meet uh professional wrestlers of like sounding like a complete jackass um i recently most recently i met dan Housen on my birthday at c2e2 and my wife can attest to this was basically like she she was like, what are you going to say to him? And I had, you know, like, like I'm comparing this to like when I was getting ready to like give a speech and I was like, I'm going to knock this out of the park and I get up there and I am just like, um, 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 I think you're really great. I'm really happy for you. You've worked really, really hard for this. And he's like, thanks, man. Thanks. And I had all these like really great deep wrestling questions and all that came out was basically like and I'm afraid that like. What I'm getting at is if I went to go Zello Pro and like with a lot of indie events, you get to meet these people and buy their merch and whatnot. And I would just see Jordan Grace and be like, um, 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 and just, you know, like, um, 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 and just that's all I would do basically. And like, cause like, if you haven't seen Jordan Grace, she is a very, 
um, not imposing, but I mean, she is a very muscular, just like you can't, she's, and Jim, she's very attractive. And I just feel like I'd just be like, um, um, oh, you're the creep that follows me on Instagram, huh? (laughs) Um, so what's Jonathan Gresham like, you know, like that would be my kind of question. Like a dumb, I would say something stupid about like, so your husband's cool. I, you are cool. Your husband and you are shit. (laughs) I like to lift weights. You lift weights, right? (laughs) Yeah, me too. Like that's, it's just that level of stupidness. And then I'd walk away and be like, I met Jordan Grace, man. And like, no, you didn't. You basically. Real down to earth. I would absolutely pull a Tommy boy. I'd walk up and be like, uh, excuse me, you show me where the weight room is. Oh, she's yeah. She's just there. And to your point, Jim, Jim, she is really funny. Like when she's just the, like uh, last week when we, the, we were, or the several episodes ago, when we were talking about the Cole Cabana thing and she was just like, you know, there's no pettiness, like wrestling pettiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's yeah. great. She's great. For uh, for you guys, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to a, a friend of mine who listens uh, and who actually helped me uh, pick the spotlight of the week. Jared, uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to us. So this spotlight, I want to I want to give you guys a little little taste of poetry here. So I'm hot like lava. You got a problem? I got a problem solver, and his name is Revolver. It's like a deadly game, a freeze tag. I touch you with a 44 mag and you're frozen inside a body bag. Nobody iller than this graveyard filler, cat peeler, because I'm a natural born killer. Guys, we're Damn right you Jack. <laughs> I love that song and I fucking love New Jack. Oh, it's oh boy. great. I'm so excited. I was really nervous about actually picking New Jack uh, for multiple reasons, and you'll find out. <laughs> You're, so, you're afraid of what was going to accidentally slip out of your mouth when you're talking about New Jack? Oh, no, yes. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I was trying to find <laughs> trying to find lyrics to this. I was like, can't read that. Can't read that. <laughs> Definitely can't read that. God, okay, I picked it. Here we go. So New Jack, a.k.a. also known as his, uh, his birth name, Jerome Young, was born into this world on January 3rd, 1963 in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mr. Young, however, was thrusted into a world of violence, chaos, and craziness. Young, at the early age of five, claimed that uh, him and his siblings were subjected to constant domestic disturbance from his father, uh, whom at one point recalls that he uh, uh, he witnessed, along with his siblings, uh, his father stab his mother in front of the entire family, and also witnessing a uh, him shoot her in the back of the leg for trying to take Jerome from uh from the home uh months later so unfortunately new jack was uh, subjected to violence at a very very early age <laughs> day uh, one and boy uh doing man okay so i don't know if you guys watch community but uh there's a bit that they do where i believe one of the characters gets too far into nicholas cage movies and he goes too far i went too far with new jack this whole week, I was sick. I've been I've been feeling pretty crummy uh, until uh, uh, pretty much today, and I was on a New Jack binge, and I was like, I am regretting every minute of this. Oof, so, that's a that's a that's a hard library to go through because it's not a lot of like some winners, like because I'm sure you're going to get into it, Tom, because like he did like believe it or not, I I think it was 
I, I, boy, you guys are going to have to help me out here or somebody else who listens maybe. Um, uh, Cornette brought him into Smoky Mountain, what? right? Like, okay. wasn't that a big, like, so I know you're going to get into it, but like, but there was also a lot of like, oh my God, like, oh God, like a lot of wincy moments. <laughs> there, There's a lot of his promos that, hey, feel free if you want to look him up because I'm not saying them. <laughs> oh, I I will. Oh, I will. I love. Oh, I've memorized some of his Smoky Mountain promos. Oh, no, no, just- I'm not talking about Smoky Mountain yeah. promos. Like, there's other stuff that that dude. It, well, well, guys, guys, we're both. Anyway, I, it, I yeah, Tom, so, continue. Uh, he 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 speaks very ill of his mother uh, in a lot of shoot interviews later on in life. He actually at one point, uh, and I think this is, um, and Jim, since you're such a New Jack guy, I'm pretty sure this is a shoot where he kind of like actually praises his dad a lot in interviews being like, he's my hero. Uh, and it's like, dude, I don't know about that. Um, so eventually, uh, 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 Jerome Young's father dies of a heart attack. Um, and later uh, on through like middle school, high school uh, life, uh, they move around like all the time. Uh, his two older brothers are, um, they're army veterans. So they're kind of not in the picture. So it's just uh, Jerome Young, his, I believe his older brother that not his oldest, but older than him. And then his like younger sister, they move around like Georgia a lot and they find uh, themselves also like frequently moving around the United States. Um, as a teenager, Jerome Young would attend several high schools, uh, but he ends up uh, graduating at Atlanta's DM Thorell high school in 1981. Uh, there young actually has a decent rise of success in football uh, which ultimately led him to attending Clark Atlanta University. And honestly, I was a little shocked to hear about this because he's actually very anti-school. So uh, it's – he's a – man, uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, around <laughs> 15, uh, Jerome Young and his friends begin, <laughs> begin robbing local stores, such as gas stations, sporting goods stores, and jewelry stores. Uh, they were eventually caught and young spends two years in prisons for, uh, prisons, prison for aggravated robbery. He does, uh, he does like a shoot, uh, interview, uh, about this, about this is his longest stint in jail. And I believe he claims to be in jail over like 30 times or something like that. It's, it's a pretty, obviously he, he doesn't finish his, uh, his college career. Um, at this point, he drops out. He, he <laughs> Doctor New Jack, Doctor New Jack would have been an awesome fucking gimmick for that. Right? If he was like, if he was like, like Doctor New Jack, I have PhD in English literature. That would have been fucking. That's a. I would have paid for that show. It pays for itself, man. Come on. I, I mean, just that would, just that name and keep him the same. Like, like, wow. This, Wow. This doctor is really violent. Dr. Jack is either the greatest wrestling gimmick of all time, or it's also like a weird eighties band that like, Oh, Hey, you guys ever hear Dr. New Jack? I mean, they, they got the, some of their stuff kind of slaps. Synthesizers are a little heavy, but I like yeah. it. I get into it. Yeah. They're a little heavy, but they, I mean, they kind of progressed in the nineties. Um, once they got out of that synth phase, they got a real ELO vibe to them, you know? It's very. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. New Jack. Oh, did you guys hear Dr. New Jack's opening up for you, too? Like, 
Well, uh, so it, eventually he, uh, once he's done with college or he is done with college, um, he briefly works as a truck driver. Uh, however, this is amazing. And this is 100% true. Uh, he works as a bounty hunter. <laughs> so let, let that all soak in for a minute. I love, I think the best part about this, we have yet to get to where he becomes a professional wrestler. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's actually a while. Still yeah, coming. The most person we've talked about and he hasn't wrestled yet. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Well, I mean, he's maybe. Like let this all soak in. Like you got it. This is like a nice slow burn to where we're going or where Tom's going. He he. It's during this period of being a bounty hunter, which is insane to read about. Um, and a lot of people don't know um, if what he's if if his work as a bounty hunter is actually legit. Paul Heyman and I believe Jim Cornette go on record saying, oh, it's very true. Because uh, he, during his Smoky Mountain era, uh, Jim Cornette says that like, like right when he got, when he was getting there, he was still kind of like doing the bounty hunters and like these weirdos would just like show up looking for New Jack. And he was like, Jim, <laughs> like I'm not here kind of thing. And Cornette's like, what? Uh, so this is the, the uh, I'll get to this later. Uh, but he proclaims that he killed four guys during this stint. A lot of people think there's, there's a ton of speculation about this and, and this, he kind of uses it to kind of ca- uh, catapult his career later is that he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm this like crazy wrestler. And I also killed four guys. <laughs> and so, which he, there's, there's, oh, there's, there's a lot of myth behind it. Uh, I did actually find an interview where he actually later on and denies that it's not true, but who knows? The dude's nuts. So at the age of 31, he is working out. Uh, um, and I was listening to uh, uh, Colt Cabana talk about this with him. Uh, he was, uh, he was working out with a friend who also happened to kind of be in the wrestling business, but it wasn't, he, New Jack says it was like a guy who was working at the WCW power plant and it, he, it was like very loose. And he was like, Hey man, you should get into professional wrestling. And New Jack's like, is there money in, involved in it? And <laughs> of course, excuse me. Uh, and of course the, 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 the guy that he's, he's working out with was like, yeah, you're going to make a, a ton of money. You just got to stick with it. And New Jack is a very impatient dude, which you'll find out <clears throat> very shortly. And he was like, I'm giving it six months. If I don't start making any money in six months, I'm out of here. I've got this sweet gig as a bounty hunter and uh, I'm going to go, you know, do that. And so here we go. Finally, Mr. Jerome Young is trained by Ray Candy. Uh, Candy also promises uh, and Ray Candy is in the Memphis, Tennessee based uh, uh, USWA territories at this time. And he promises New Jack like, Yes, stick it out. You'll make a ton of money. I promise you'll you'll be great. And he adapts the name New Jack from watching New Jack City. He goes to a movie with one of his buddies, and all he can think about during the entire movie is he's like, "Man, New Jack's got a really good good ring to it." And he and he hears himself, you know, he hears the crowd in his head chanting New Jack, and he's like, "Dude, I'm all in." So, New Jack is born. So in 1993, he wins his first championship, the USWA World Tag Team Championship, with his par- 
I feel so stupid <laughs> saying this, with his partner, Homeboy, defeating <laughs> Simply Divine and holding the title for two weeks before losing it to C.W. Bergstrom and Melvin Penrod Jr., I don't know any of these. Names. <laughs> those are the whitest <laughs> fucking names in the world. They so New Jack and Homeboy lost to Whitey McWhite White. I love the nineties. I fucking love the nineties wrestling. Nah, it's beautiful. Oh, it's great. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Whitey McWhite White. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I can just imagine. He's like, all right, uh, who am I wrestling against? And he looks at New Jack and he's like. See you guys. I'll, I'll I, I quit. <laughs> I, I quit. I, I quit. I'm sorry. This was a mistake. This wrestling business was a mistake. <laughs> so, uh, so after he leaves Memphis, he leaves uh, Ray Candy's territory. Um, he moves around to Atlanta and he wrestles for North Georgia Wrestling Alliance, which actually he wins their World Heavyweight Championship in 1994. Um, he then. <laughs> This is great. He then teams up with uh, former WCW enhancement talent, Mustafa Saeed. Uh, and this is where he forms the gangsters. Again, I feel like an idiot saying that. <laughs> the NGWA NG, NG, Tag Team Championships in early July 94. Uh, he quickly vacates them. Um, I can't figure out why New Jack would vacate a title uh, as they leave the territory. And this, Mike, is where he meets up with Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, he forms a wrestling uh, uh, faction called the Gangstas. Uh, he toured the South and was normally squared, they were normally squared off with. Southern white hot baby faces, the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> this like wow, <laughs> just let wow. that sink in. Like they they were not shy about playing into racial tension mm-hmm. uh, at, at that time. They were not, not shy at all. Oh, and I think and and Tom, I don't know if you're going to get into this, but I think that there were legit where New Jack was like. Oh, you gonna make fun of me, Whitey? Like, I'll, I, like you want? Okay, like, like was wasn't afraid of these white supremacists. That was like, you know, I mean, it just nuts, nuts. Like when you really think about it, reveal all of his tricks, my friend. Okay. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I just, it's just good. It's such. There is so much to say about this guy. It's insane. Like it is just absolutely. He is in this business that like we love and like talk about at length and how this dude, I mean, like you said, Colt Cabana loves him. Like is one of his legitimate, loves him. And it's like, he just has this crazy mystique about him. And it's just really funny. Real quick though. I I mean, honestly though, if, if New Jack's in front of you, you're going to tell him that he's your favorite wrestler. Like seriously. And, and, and all, and I mean this in both funny and kind of like, I don't want to get killed by this man because he's just very unhinged, like later on in life, actually. So to get back to, to, to Smoky Mountain, Mike, is that this is where we actually see some of his best mic work, some of his best like heel work. Um, he was a really big believer. And he told, he tells Jim Cornette that he wants to play the racism, uh, the, the, I don't want to say card, but card. Um, and he's like, I'm going to attack everybody. Like nobody's safe. He's like, I don't care if you're white, Asian, whatever. I'm going after everybody. And so, uh, he, I believe in, um, uh, oh yeah. Did you guys know that one of his bodyguards was D'Lo Brown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 
He he was uh, I I was watching it's Dark Side of the Ring actually I was watching that and he he's one of the gangsters and he was always kind of the 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 go to guy to get beat up so <laughs> yeah because he was and, the young guy yeah Cornette was protecting New Jack and Mustafa um, by like throwing D'Lo Brown you know getting he was the guy who was always getting beaten up yep. um, so I want to touch on uh, uh, Mustafa Saeed real quick. Uh, so he's he's his uh, his his tag team partner, and he is one of the weirdest dudes I've ever seen in wrestling. And I mean that with all I mean sincerity, because I I mean I don't want to get beat up by this guy. But he so New Jack was the mouthpiece. He's the guy cutting the promos. He's the guy riling up the crowd. And Mustafa was like like either like spacing out in the background, picking his <laughs> nose at certain points, and kind of giving these like menacing like weird like eye movements just like and he would he would repeat he was like new jack's hype man but like just not all there and it turns out he like at a certain at certain points like you can find this in the the dark side of the ring he like smoked pencil shavings and he like did everything under the sun like if they were like hey mustafa here snort this clay he was like okay and so most of the time mustafa was like beyond fucked up like during these promos and it shows it is, he's the weirdest dude to watch. He almost takes away from you, Jack. Um, so uh, one of uh, new Jack's insane, <laughs> insane promos that he gives, he's standing, I believe he's being interviewed after it's like a post-match interview. And he cuts a, he cuts this nasty heel promo calling everybody, you know, he's, he's uh he's, He's not really like it's it's like imagine like a, a boiling pot, you know, um, and he <laughs> at the end of the promo, he, he, he says, oh, yeah, I want to give a special shout out to my homeboy, O.J. Simpson. Keep up the good work, baby. That's two less we have to worry about. And the crowd goes bananas. Like if you want to talk about heat, this is the people are booing him. They're calling him all sorts of racial, <laughs> terrible names. It was so bad that they had to get, they snuck out through the back. They actually had to call the police to pick them up, take them to the police station. And meanwhile, New Jack said is, is like in interviews is saying that like the cops are like, Hey man, did you really have to do that? And he was like, yep. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and he was, he was, I mean, in, in, in New Jack's terms, he was, he was like, this is, this is, this is what's happening. He's like, I'm tired of being called the N word and I'm just going to run with it. And Jim Cornette was like, sky's the limit. Just go with it. Sure. Well, um, if, you, if you watch that promo, cause you can, it's, it's up, it's on YouTube. You can watch the promo. Oh, you right before he does the OJ part, New Jack looks just off camera and then looks back I've always wanted to know what was like, was that Cornette next to the camera? Like, go <laughs> yes. ahead, right? Cause like there's this moment where new Jack is, it's almost like he's looking off. Like, should I, should, sh- should I, and it's, I always want to know what the story is there. Well, I, from uh, that, that's funny that you mentioned it because he does. And I, it might be that problem because he does talk about um, in, in very shoot interviews that he does is that he, Cornette was like, he's like, I don't, he's even new Jack was like, I don't know if I can. And new Jack was like, just do it. Just do it. He's like, it was, it's that, you know, old saying, ask for forgiveness later kind of thing. And the only time that I believe Cornette said that new Jack ever took it too far 
during the Smoky Mountain period because Jim Cornette actually kind of talks not negatively about New Jack later on in his career, but he's not very, I mean, we all know Jim Cornette. He's not very thrilled with what he's doing is that he does, he does like a reverse Rodney King beating to the Ricky Morton and New Jack and the gangsters come into the ring and they replicate the, the, the Rodney King um, assault. And that was when Cornette, Cornette was like, Oh man, we, we might get killed. Like we might get like, like hurt leaving the arena, like all of them, like just hightailed it out of there at the end. During the Smoky Mountain period, uh, New Jack also inf- infuriated the Tennessee chapter of the NAACP uh, because he uh, he would constantly, in his words, badmouth Martin Luther King uh, because he would say, because unlike him, the gangsters hit back. Uh, I told everyone how uh, Medgar Evers wasn't my role model. Uh, I reminded my brother and sister how many of them. Uh, well, anyways, you can you can all see where this is headed. Uh, so Yikes. yeah, so, it's so what's that? It's just so, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. And at the same time, you just you have to admire the fact that he was like where he was willing to go. Yeah, dude, it, he. Fuck. A guy who legit did not care. I mean, really did. It, the more he got later into his life, I really did not care about who he pissed off. Like that dude, he straight up marked by the the beat of his own drum. Like, I, yeah. So yeah, wow. in June 1995, the gangsters join Philadelphia-based Extreme Championship Wrestling. ECW. 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 Uh, so they debuted, uh, as, um, as, uh, the heel team by attacking the public enemy, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, um, in June 17th, 1995. Uh, they make their in-ring debut at Hardcore Heaven, uh, against public enemy. Uh, they do, uh, lose, uh, the, the two teams, in, uh, engage in a lengthy rival, um, going back and forth with wins and losses, um, their feud finally ends in a street fight at house. <laughs> the ECW pay-per-views were really great, by the way, the names. Oh yeah. <laughs> house party. Hardcore heaven. Hardcore heaven. Uh, oh, um, uh, bar, bar and choke slams. Was one. My favorite, my favorite's always been anarchy rules. Yeah, <laughs> Chaos, man. Uh, so <laughs> another one at cyber slam, uh, the gangsters <laughs> were scheduled to compete, uh, in a match against the headhunters, uh, but Jack <laughs> Jack goes to prison. As you do. Yeah. I mean, sure. how, how many WrestleMania right. events have been called off because one of the guys was in prison? But I could see like how fans would be disappointed, but if someone was like, Oh, you know, the the the, the co main event got canceled. What happened? New Jack went to prison. Uh yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, checks out. Yeah. Yep. All right. I guess I I mean, yeah, it was bound to happen. <laughs> So uh, Jack returns to ECW on March 8th at Big Ass Extreme Bash to <laughs> to rescue Mustafa from an assault by the Headhunters. Uh, now uh, we get to see the gangsters as baby faces. Uh, New Jack was involved in one of the most well-known incidents in ECW history, the mass transit incident. Uh, I'm going to skip over a few parts here because I think we've, we've – I think people have heard it, uh, heard it played out a lot. So number, uh, 
it, it, the, the incident happens in, in 1996, uh, uh, November 20, uh, November 23rd, 1996 in Revere, Massachusetts. Um, he was supposed to be, uh, uh, scheduled to fight Devon Dudley and Axel Rotten. Uh, he's then replaced with Eric Kulas, who is known as mass transit. Mass transit is actually, he proclaims to be old enough to wrestle, but he's actually 17. Um, he goes backstage to, uh, call the match with new Jack. And apparently it's a bit, it's a very big, well-known no, no to go to the back with the, the boys who are experienced and start calling your own match. Um, and new Jack weirdly takes offense to this. I don't know why. <laughs> and, uh, he, Eric Kulas is like, I want to get some color. AKA he wants to bleed. And new Jack goes, Oh, I'll make you bleed. All right. Um, <laughs> so, during what the hell was that kid thinking like <sighs> so d- during this incident he they new jack attacks new jack and mustafa attack divan but it's very very played out it's like punch push out of the ring and they're and i believe new jack at one point says like do not get back in here and divan's like got it uh <laughs> oh oh yeah he beat the living hell out of this kid and at one point uh, you know, New Jack is pretty much con- consumed by the chaos of the crowd and takes a blade out and gouges his forehead and it's deep. And in New Jack's w- wonderful terms, he said, I fucking cut that boy deep. And if you want to watch it, be my guest. I highly recommend you don't. Uh, he bleeds very heavily uh, and he needs about 50 stitches in his forehead. Uh at this point, Kulas's dad, um, you can hear him during the match screaming, like, stop the match. This isn't part of the show. Um, there's a lot of legal troubles for ECW during this time. Uh, they're taken to court. Um, they wanted to give New Jack four years, four or five years for it. Um, the only reason why New Jack beat it was because um, there was enough people to prove that Eric Kulas's dad called New Jack the N-word, and it, the case was thrown out. Well, according to, according to New Jack... Because, you know, the mass transit is in it. New Jack would be asked about it all the time. When oh, he's there. asked about it almost every time. Yeah. And, and according to one interview, I, I saw New Jack said that part of the settlement was he told Eric Kulas he would train him. Like, cool, Eric Kulas was like, oh, that's oh. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just like, well, you know, like, if you if, if you can train me, you know, I can I can dismiss the suit. And New Jack was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And he's like, never fucking train that kid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he like tricked him into dropping the lawsuit on the idea that he'd give he train him and then never fucking did it. Well, I also think too, and like not that sorry, this is like gonna be the like well guys on the illegal side. <laughs> um he did well, I guess they like he did lie and they have yeah. proof that he lied and this and that and it was I it's again, it's been talked about to death, but it was proven that this kid basically lied. Yeah. And it was ECW was not at fault. It just unfortunately due to the nature of their Content didn't do them any favors at oh, the time yeah. as they were trying to grow. And you got a guy like New Jack who just is like, okie dokie, you know, and yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, Basically, he was like, all right. So in 1997, um, while wrestling with Devon Dudley, uh, this is another notorious spot uh, that uh, carries on with New Jack in 
infamy, if you will. Uh, New Jack is wrestling Devon Dudley. He makes his way to the top of the balcony. Devon, who is laying on a table, he's strapped to the table. <laughs> and this is where you see the famous clip of New Jack diving off the balcony onto Devon Dudley, which actually was used in the, uh, the, the what's the word? Uh, the promo of the show, the start of the show. Oh, the, 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 the open. The yeah, open. the, the, the open. open. So, uh, I don't know um, I call it. To paraphrase New Jack himself, if I could. <laughs> Most of the time, I couldn't remember the finish of the match because I was usually high as shit. I can remember <laughs> the time when climbing up to the balcony. I had some cocaine in my pocket. I do a bump and then bombs away. Bombs <laughs> away. <laughs> Part of me hopes he says that. Bombs away. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's mine. He, he, it's like that, like. Um, so that would be great. I'm sorry. Because oh. it's probably, there's probably, there could be some truth to that statement. It just, knowing how out of his mind New Jack was most of yeah. the time. Uh, uh, so anyway, I'm sorry. New Jack is actually, um, he, this, at this, uh, I'm sure he was using cocaine heavily before he wrestled. Um, he was using, he used cocaine and he would actually drink before. He would get heavily like intoxicated, almost to the point of like not being so intoxicated he couldn't wrestle. But um, there's multiple times in multiple shoot interviews. You can go ahead and look them up on YouTube. He, he says, he was, he's basically like, you're out of your fucking mind if you think I'm going to do this shit sober. And so he would do, oh, yeah. he would like, either before the match in his like hotel room. Cause he actually new Jack was actually, he didn't ride along with anybody. The only time he said that he would ride along with people is if they were willing to do cocaine with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sandman is like, Oh God. It's like, it's like, oh, Why am I not surprised? It's like his only friend at this point during the ECW locker room. Cause Sandman's like, yeah, I would, I would do bumps of coke with Jack. And then he would just go off. Sure, man. <laughs> you know, so fucking after <laughs> so after uh, Mustafa, Mustafa Saeed and Perry Saturn leave ECW, which then um, uh, he he I didn't know this actually he forms a team with John Kronos from Eliminator, and they call themselves the Gangstonators. <laughs> uh, so they they feud a, a lot with the Dudley Boys during this time. Uh, they lose they 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 get the tag belts a couple of times. Uh, they ultimately lose the lose them to the full blooded Italians. Um, it's not really anything like honestly, it's not really anything noteworthy here, except for this is where once the gangstonators are off screen and no longer a team, this is New Jack's like. Time to shine, baby. It's a solo riff. It's a solo <laughs> riff. Um, so he he frequently teams uh, one, uh, like with Spike Dudley when he does need to tag. Um, this is this is the beginning of when New Jack's solo career starts. Is this is where we see him start dragging like various weapons out to the ring in like trash cans or shopping carts. Um, As you do. Nineteen ninety nine to two thousand one. Uh, he continues the feud with the Dudley boys. Uh, they lose, uh, both him and Spike lose to them at Guilty as Charged. <laughs> uh, Mustafa comes back for like a brief run, but turns on New Jack. Um, oh, yeah. That was when he was like, wasn't he like Mr. Mustafa or something like that? He was like completely 
It was one of your favorite gimmicks, wasn't it, Jim? Like he because he came back as this like clean car. Like a nation, I, like a nation, like a yeah, uh, and it was just it did era. not work. No. Yeah. Um. So again, nothing noteworthy here. Uh. So he he does get his own, uh, not only, but he does have a few championship uh, title uh, bouts. But um, the most not- notorious one is with Mike Awesome. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't win the title. Um, this is in, in 19, or excuse me, in about 2001, this is, we're beginning to see the demise of ECW. Um, however, uh, New Jack, oh God, uh, New Jack nearly meets his end before the company, uh, employing him did when he awkwardly falls from a 20 foot scaffold match with Vic Grimes, uh, at the March pay-per-view living dangerously. He it was forced to a no contest when the former gangsta uh, is sent to the hospital. So to paint a picture, they're fighting New Jack and Vic Grimes are fighting on top of a scaffold. New Jack, high on cocaine, goes, leans in and you can see this on camera. Again, I highly recommend you may not watch this. Um, if you do, make sure that, uh, you know, you delete your history afterwards because you shouldn't be looking at New Jack. Stuff. Uh, but. He leans close and he's, he, he says something to, to Vic Grimes, pulls him, literally pulls him off the scaffold. Vic Grimes does this awkward flip in midair and lands right on New Jack's head, uh, missing the table completely, I believe, right? Um, I think they caught a piece of it, but like it was mostly just Vic Grimes crushing New Jack. So, yeah, Vic Grimes, uh, it, it, it depends on what interview you'd like to believe. I have a tendency to believe New Jack because I'm scared of him. Um, he, New Jack, basically said that Vic Grimes chickened out of the spot. Uh, Vic Grimes is also kind of a notoriously known hardcore wrestler. Um, He's like, New Jack, he's like, because everyone called him Jack. Everyone's like, Jack, I don't want to do this. And he was like, everybody, <laughs> D'Lo Brown has the best, like, he's like, you just don't say no to the man. Because he's going to do it regardless whether you want to do it or not. So New Jack was like, oh, we're doing it on three, one, two, three. And that's where you see this awkward fall with Vic Grimes and, and they land. Um, this is not for the squeamish. Um New Jack uh, claims that this is the worst injury he's ever received. He cracks his skull. Uh, it, it causes brain fluid to, to, to leak um, out of his nose. His vision, it, uh, I believe he's blinded in one eye after this. Um, yeah, it like permanently affected him for the rest of his, like there was something that came, but it was either he's blind. It was insane. Well, yeah, he, he was blind in one eye. Yeah, he was, he was severely concussed. He, I believe uh, he broke one of his legs um, and, um, this is where a lot of friends, I use that term loosely, uh, say that like after this, after this, New Jack is like 100% not the same. He's like foggy. He has trouble calling spots in the ring. Um, he's just not himself. So Jack does remain with ECW until it closed due to bankruptcy a month later. Uh, in, uh, uh, it closes in January of 2001. New Jack sits on the shelf healing from his injuries for about a year. Um, in 2002, New Jack shows up in uh, what I like to call the Trash Federation of XPW, where he once again works with Vic Grimes. 
He is offended that Grimes does not had not reached out for an apology during this time. Uh, Grimes walks up to him in the back and he apologizes profusely. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not good enough for New Jack. New Jack's like, no, screw you. Uh, we have a score to settle. Uh, Sandman again appears and says that New Jack went out and bought himself a taser gun and Sandman's like, Hey Jack, why, 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 what are you doing? And he's like, don't worry about it. And Sandman's like, all right. Uh, (laughs) Seems logical. All right. Fair enough. Pockets the taser. XPW is basically, as I like to call it, like a trash response to ECW. I hate XPW. It is a garbage federation. Their promoter, Rob Black, is just a piece of shit. I mean, the dude is just, Oh, the, the whole federation was trash. It, it was just a, it was a money laundering scheme. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a wrestling oh, federation was that gross. just served to, to launder money through, you know, for, for his porn operation. Mm-hmm. It, it really was. It was yeah. It, Dude, he's, he's also a gross dirtbag too. So he wanted to proclaim that he had a match that was bigger than ECW uh, in their career. And I'm sure some down, sometime down the road, we'll talk about our hatred for XBW. Um, so they, they build a 40-foot scaffold. And I'm sure you can see where this is going. New Jack and Vic Grimes. Vic Grimes in his mind thinks, hey, we're settled. We're good. We're just going to have a fun couple spots on here. Uh, oh, no. Sandman is on record, everybody, proclaiming that he wanted to kill Vic Grimes. So they're fighting up on top of the scaffold. Again, I'd like to paint you a picture 40 feet in the air above the ring. There is stacks upon mm-hmm. stacks upon tables. Mm-hmm. And the goal of the spot was the uh, new Jack was going to get retribution against Grimes. He was going to throw him off, off the scaffold, land in the ring where it would cushion the blow with all the tables. It's a very, very, very unnecessary, dangerous spot. New Jack walks up to him. They fight for maybe a couple of seconds pulls the taser out of his pocket, tases him several times, and he you can see Vic Grimes just go bloop, and he just falls oh, and around. I thought it was like, I thought that was a word. No, that is a 100%. He is tasing him, getting ready to Tom. It, I'm sure you're about to say it. Yeah. But like, he straight up tased that man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like close quarters fighting, and he just jam, like jabs him a couple of times with his taser, right? So he he does that, picks him up, and again, per New Jack, goes bombs away, motherfucker. And Vic Grimes misses the tables, the, the, the ring. He Well, he doesn't. He New Jack says that he was going to throw him out to the ring. He was like, I wanted to kill Vic Grimes. New Jack, or Vic Grimes smacks a few of the tables and like lands very, very hard on one of the rings, which is credited to probably saving his life. Um, excuse me. Uh, longtime booking agent Bill uh, uh, Brenz. Um, this is a quote from him. There were stacks of tables on the mat that he thought would break his fall, but I was trying to throw him past them. New Jack wrote. New Jack's longtime booking agent uh, uh, Bill Brenz says, um, "This is what likely is kept is what kept Grimes uh, alive is the stun gun. He stiffened up and probably even cushioned the fall for him. Grimes hit a few tables on the way down, ricocheting off the ropes." And a new Jack's disappointment only broke his femur. <laughs> Once Jack climbed down, he walked up to a very hurt and very scared Vic Grimes and snarls, now we're even, motherfucker. In 2003, 
Just as he was making his return to mainstream television after resigning with our, who? Our best friend, Jeff Jarrett, for NWA Total Nonstop Action Promotion, New Jack took an independent booking against 69-year-old Gypsy Joe. Oh, God. Gypsy Joe was an old-school wrestler whose gimmick was he couldn't be knocked out and had a jaw of steel. He was just overall a tough son of a gun. This guy just sounds like he's, like, going to get his ass kicked. (laughs) It's a bad bad way to start a story with New Jack. I'm a tough son of a bitch. You can't hurt me. What's New Jack doing here? (laughs) Wait, wait, I'm fighting who? So... During, again, uh, uh, Gypsy Joe walks to the backstage and says that uh, he could learn. Of, he's talking to New Jack and he said, you could learn a few things uh, from me. I I don't think I have to say it, but New Jack was quite offended by that. <laughs> uh, so um, this is uh, I, during a shoot interview. Um, this is the one match that New Jack says I might have taken that shit too far. Uh, New Jack is already in a very bad mood because of Gypsy Joe. He's also in a very even worse mood because of the racially fueled crowds like shouting horrible things at him and he loses it and it just turns into just this barbaric fight again. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, And I believe it ends with him like hitting him several times with a baseball bat. And it's in the head, in the head, hitting him in the fucking head with a metal baseball bat. And it's, it is brutal. It is one of the worst things I have ever seen. Surprisingly, this doesn't end his NWA TNA contract. No, <laughs> no, he's like, all right, well, because Gypsy Joe apparently walked back to the back room and actually thanked New Jack. And he said, hey, thanks for the match. Thanks for this. And, you know, New Jack's basically like, fuck you. I'm out. Give me my money. I'm gone. And he, and he leaves. Um, he, is in, he, he does arrive in NWA TNA, but it's very brief. It is, it is – uh, um, I saw one of their matches. At this time, uh, it's, he, he credits uh, Jeff Jarrett and everybody is like, like, why didn't you keep New Jack? And he was like, it was a revolving door at that point. Like, no, I couldn't keep anybody if I wanted to. It was just in and out, in and out. Uh, <laughs> now we're, we're approached with New Jack's final, one of his final matches here in 2004. He works with a guy named William Jason Lane and a Florida-based Thunder Wrestling Federation. Lane, like others before him, had an awkward discussion with New Jack while attempting to outline the match. Um, which New Jack was like, no, 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 we're going to call it in the ring. You're going to call it the way I, I want to call it. And I guess the the wrestler, slam, Hunter Red, Hunter Red was his name, slams his fist on the table and leaves. New Jack's cool with it? Nope. <laughs> the man didn't even want to call it that. Consisted of Lane throwing a few stiff punches and he pushes New Jack into the corner. And New Jack grabs him. And he puts him in a uh, tie collar. Was that right? Collar tie elbow? Collar elbow tie. Collar elbow tie. And you can see him kind of angrily shouting in his ear, are you trying to work me? Like, are you trying to, are you trying to get stiff with me? Um, By the way, I forgot to mention, New Jack came out with Wolverine claws. I'm not kidding. Like the X-Men Wolverine claws. (laughs) Okay. So I'm just, I think we know where we're going with this one, boys. 
So <laughs> while he he is in a, he's in this fight, New Jack thinks that the guy's like working him. He's being stiff with him. He pulls out one of the blades and just literally starts stabbing him. Stabs him well over nine to twelve times. Um, New Jack is arrested uh, during this point. He's taken to jail. Um, this is the craziest part of the whole thing. Just like mass transit, Hunter Red goes to jail and he goes, I will drop all of the charges. I will, I will like, they, you know, you're scot-free. You can, I will even pay for your bail. If you promise to make this a story and new, <laughs> new Jack is in jail, of course. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So Hunter Red gimmick was he was the <laughs> ultimate hunter. So he was going to hunt him from territory to territory. And in New Jack's words, he says, it was some of the easiest money I've ever made. I took the money and I fucking left Florida. <laughs> and I've never been back. So uh, New Jack's health problems continue to get worse and, uh, as he gets older. Um, he takes a lot of independent bookings. He's uh, during this time, it's like from 2004 to roughly 2012. He's just horribly banged up. He's doing like, I believe he, he, he does an appearance for like the insane clown posse's uh, promotion, which, you know, insert fart noise if you want. Um, the less said, the better. He was up at CZW uh, occasionally kind of being like the hardcore legend. Um, but he's in real, real rough condition. He's uh, Tommy dreamer um, is one saying that he's like, he, he would like have conversations with him and new Jack would just be like, uh, what? And because <laughs> of, uh, I mean, if you watch a new Jack match, he not only punishes his opponent, but he takes a lot of headshots. Um, in 2016, um, he wrestled for, um, he wrestled, uh, in a, uh, uh, Lewisburg, Tennessee. Um, he was set to face, uh, Phil Baroni, uh, actually, uh, in an unsanctioned match at Pro Wrestling Syndicate, um, however, he um, he 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 could he had to drop out because of health reasons. Around the same year, in in, in about 2016, he finds out that he has um, he has massive blood clots running throughout his leg, his back, and his lungs, and with his heart trouble um, previous because um, he did. He did stop using cocaine eventually. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, thank God he, for that. He basically said, like, I stopped using cocaine because I was afraid I was going to have a heart attack. Was, in 2016, he like officially like kind of hangs it up. Um, he goes to um, he does do um, like a farewell ECW show. Um, he shows up in that um, he wrestles um, Masada as is like one of his final matches. Um, and his final actual match was a three, three way dance with CW Anderson and Shane Douglas. Um, after retiring, uh, he regularly used, uh, painkillers to help with the pain from various injuries. Um, in 2016, this is where it gets like super bad. He collapses, uh, from like a, a autograph signing. Um, Tommy dreamer again reveals that he, he once tried to book him at a house of hardcore, um, but he was in such poor health that like New Jack couldn't even get out of bed. Um, and uh, during from 2016 to 2021, um, kind of 
as much as he could during the pandemic. He makes a lot of like shoot interviews with like uh, radio shows, podcasts. Um, you can all find him online. Uh, and they talk pretty much about the same stuff that I talked about. Um, however, unfortunately, uh, last year, May 14th, uh, Jerome Young, New Jack, dies of a heart attack uh, in the afternoon of his Greensboro home in North Carolina at the age of 58. However, so some fun things real quick before I give it to you boys. Uh, some fun facts about Mr. Jerome Young. Jerome Young has five children. He recorded a song with Bootsy Collins. Uh, he is really in the Weezer song El Scorcho. The lyric, watching grunge leg drop New Jack through a press table. One of my favorite Weezer songs. Uh, he appears in, um, and I really want to hear what you guys have to say about this. He appears in Beyond the Map, the documentary where it's about, it's all about wrestling and they, uh, most um, notorious scenes from there is like when Jake the Snake is like, I refuse to go out for, for less than an eight ball or something like that. Like he was smoking crack or something like that. Um, he's also, <laughs> he's in this like weird, like casting um uh, I don't want to say a bit, but like they're like, I think they're just afraid of the man, honestly. Because they're like, I was just gonna say my favorite part about that documentary is those people literally took that meeting because they they probably thought that guy was gonna kill him. Well, it's like you could tell they're like, um, yeah, good acting, um, good act, like, oh, hilarious, well, Mr. Jack. You know, I don't I don't want to go so far and say that you're a leading man, but and I I'm not even kidding, but you could be Denzel Washington's best friend. <laughs> um it, so dark side of the ring did an entire episode on him uh he made a lot of uh money uh not actually by wrestling but he he made he makes in the later years of his life makes a ton of money by doing shoot interviews um he is the first wrestler to have his entire theme played while he was wrestling <laughs> um it, this is weird he proclaims to have had sex at the age of six and he apparently has beef with Kevin Nash because Kevin Nash blocked him from being the Master P uh, during the Master P interview. And also, this one's really great. I don't know if you remember the Carlito stabbing incident with John Cena. Because he was such a liability, WWE was like, absolutely not. We're not bringing in New Jack. John Cena wanted the guy who, t- who, who got stabbed was to be New Jack. So New Jack was like this close from being in WWE. Um, that's terrifying. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some 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 uh, accolades, if you will. He was uh, ranked 101 on the top 500 wrestlers in '97. He was three <laughs> 386 in 2003. Uh, won various tag team championships while he was wrestling in ECW and the United States Wrestling Association. Uh, the reason why I decided to talk about New Jack, I I I wouldn't necessarily say. He was a good wrestler. He was very entertaining. And for the time, he, so like, I think it was just because the 90s were just so weirdly unique that he could only have done this. He could have only pulled this off in the 90s. And I, I want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, Jim, I believe you've actually seen him wrestle. Um, so Jerome Young, he was an interesting wrestler. He was ultra violent. Uh, very, very difficult to work with. Uh, I have a tendency to uh, love the the odd wrestlers. Obviously, I did my, my last one on, on Sid. I promise I'll probably do a good wrestler. I, no guarantees. But um, <laughs> Dujak was just honest, – honestly, if I could say this last little thing, he was one of a kind. He was just 
we will never see anything like that ever again. If, if we do, it's often poorly imitated. Um, you could even go and say that, um, oh, what's his name? The guy with the bad teeth. Nick Gage. Nick Gage. Sorry. <laughs> I love that that's what you think of, like, of all the things that you could have in your mind as a cue for Nick Gage. A, you only think of him as the guy with bad teeth, and B, Mike immediately knew who the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> So, putting, I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, the dude has weird teeth. The, the guy who's left-handed. Oh, you mean Ahmed Johnson? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, he, I mean, Nick Gage is a, is a is a is a poor man's new jack. I think. Say what you will. As a, if you're a fan of. Ultra violent matches. You'll you'll definitely enjoy New Jack, but there's something to say about both Nick Gage and uh, uh, New Jack. Is the guy could fucking draw, and it's insane. Like really beautifully, he could draw. No, uh, he he could draw. I mean, he could draw a massive crowd. I mean, people as soon as you heard Natural Born Killers, people lost their mind when they see Nick Gage. They lose their mind. There's he just has this weird connection with the audience. So, guys, what do you what do you think about New Jack? No, hundred hundred percent. Um, just that, like, it, it, I remember the first, not the yeah, the, probably the first couple of times I started hearing about ECW or seeing ECW videos was the New Jack stuff, and I was like, "What on earth is this? Like, I've never seen anybody do this before." And it was always that you know, extreme, and you know, they were like white zombie and. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's only just a clip of New Jack falling 50 feet in the air. And you're like, what the hell was that? And like, who is this dude? And then you're seeing everything else and like, oh, I'm going to tune into this because I get to see the rest of this. And like, it's in, in, you know, and then ultimately, really, if you if you think about it, it Heyman's a genius is I'm going to put this dude who is absolutely batshit crazy. It's a complete 180 from the product that's going on now, but I'm also going to stack my card with the Eddie Guerrero's, the Dean Malenko's, the psychosis, the Ray Mysterio, you know, shit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, not that I, I hate giving this dude credit. Even Shane Douglas had some good matches there, you know, like give that stuff to shine. But Jack was like, he's the guy that's like, you know, look at the flying trapeze artist. Who's going to put himself through two flaming tables. Uh, and you know, uh, is going to bat flip onto a donkey or something like that. And granted, he can't do that. Obviously it's just, but you know what you're getting when you get new Jack yeah. and it, it ultimately, and I can't believe I'm saying this is like new Jack was kind of a pioneer for a different side of wrestling because new Jack at that time was probably, I, I didn't know anything about ultra violent. Like I thought it new Jack was as, as was, as that was it, you know? And then, but new Jack kind of led to backyard wrestling, which led to this, which led to this, which, Again, to Tom is like, I believe it or not, I, I'd love to see a new Jack and Nick Gage match in their prime. Like that would be humongous. Right. Like I would kill to be on that card. Like, oh, my God. And so but I mean, it's just he's and I think that's what's really neat about wrestling is ultimately in the end, it's a circus and it's a draw. And who's your biggest draw? And he's a draw. And you get to find the like like Tom, you um, I don't know if you caught this, but like. Where, you know, is, yes, I'm not necessarily a New Jack fan. Yeah, I'll tune in because I'm like, I want to see this. But, like, 
Then I get Eddie, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, and I'm like, wait, who are these two guys? And then I go down that rabbit hole, and then I get Psychosis and uh, Rey Mysterio, you know, and and all these other different matches and whatnot. So he played his part perfectly, to be honest, and that was, you know, yeah, his TNA run sucked, and not that I tuned in for XPW or whatnot, but he he turned eyes on the product, whether you liked it or not. And, you know, obviously, you know, people made up their minds with XPW and quickly turned that off, and you know, he just clearly didn't fit in with what TNA was doing. And when they brought him in, I think there was one match vividly. I remember watching with you guys and he put on a green Hulk hand and it was like, and he did these poses and then punched the dude who fell into a table. Like, oh, that was really, you know, and I was like, it clearly wasn't working and New Jack needed to go be New Jack, you know, and, and it sucks. Like, you know, I think I'll end on the fact that like it, 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 it I hate it, but he's, you know, I, I watched the Gypsy Joe thing because I was just like, what the fuck is New Jack doing now? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> being fucking New Jack and beating the shit out of a dude with a baseball bat. Like, uh, like this is why I don't like this stuff. And, you know, I, I'm, I've always like, you like what you like. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna try and turn down, you know, something that you do like, but I'm just, I will be like, eh, it's not for me, man. And I think it just, New Jack ultimately just kind of went the way of the dinosaur where it was just, it was like, okay, man, like we get it. Your stick is you just beat the shit out of people. And it's like, it just, it kind of evolved from that. And I think then like, you know, it went away and then ultimately Nick Gage brought it back and I want to interject when you said that, like the, the whole backyard wrestling um, and I'll hand it to you, Jim uh, is that actually New Jack like despised backyard wrestling because he was actually legitimately trained by a professional wrestler he he has he's gone on like record multiple times saying like i don't do backyard wrestling and nick gage does that he he does that too but it's because he 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 felt that he was actually properly trained by a wrestler so he actually hated backyard wrestling yeah and and before and don't get me wrong like his i will say he boy i can't believe i'm gonna say this but like Check out the Smoky Mountain stuff because it is it is believe it or not good heel work and like Amazing. it's it's the main draw being he's bringing him money and like you can't fault Cornette for that and he was like hey okay we're probably gonna piss a lot of people off I think we know in our well hopefully I mean I can't speak for Cornette but like we know that this is probably not the best thing but we're gonna make money everybody wins in the end and like. Check it out because it is like it is like some wow, like mm-hmm. plays into everything. And you gotta kind of give credit to New Jack. So sorry, Jim. I I, I really want to hear what you have to say. So no, it's you're you're good. I I have a, a couple observations and then a personal connection story. Uh number one is if anybody ever tells you they have a favorite New Jack match, they're fucking lying. Uh because no <laughs> one has ever ever watched a New Jack match and be like, Wow, that was New Jack. <laughs> Yeah, he was a spot guy, right? He 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 was a stunt guy. And that's not an insult. That's not a knock. He was fucking brilliant at it. He was wonderful at it. There was a time and a place for that. And he 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 got in there. Um, the other thing I'll say, you know, the other kind of tidbit I'll, I'll, I'll say about New Jack is that um, New Jack was a gateway drug for a lot of people. Um, it was because New Jack was on the American platform of ECW that that ultra violence got introduced to a lot of people, which then led to people like myself learning about Onita and FMW and learning about this guy named Cactus Jack and Terry Funk in Japan. Yeah. And, you know, New Jack wasn't a deathmatch wrestler necessarily, but he kind of was a gateway drug 
to deathmatch wrestling for a lot of American fans. And I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, not that it was deliberate, uh, but th- that I think it's necessary to, to note that. Um, the other thing, the last thing I'll say about New Jack was kind of a, a personal connection. Uh, in, in September of 1999, myself and, and several friends of mine uh, bought tickets to go see Anarchy Rules uh, in Chicago or Villa Park, right? But Chicago, right? <laughs> and in, in those days, before the actual show on Sunday, you had the meet and greets and you had all these other things before it kind of like like AEW does now. Right. Like before their pay-per-views, they have like events leading up to the to the actual gate. Uh, and one of the things that they had prior to, to Anarchy Rules was you could do a meet and greet and signing with the talent. And me and my friends all went. And the, our plan was we were going to go to this meet and greet, go to the signing for, for Anarchy Rules in Chicago, and then we were going to get on the road and head up uh, up north to Wisconsin. And it was in Kenosha, actually. There was a, uh, a show going on for Mid-American Wrestling, which was an indie that we were all really into. That's why I first saw CM Punk, uh, Dino Bambino, uh, Colt Cabana, right? All these guys. Uh, and it was run by Ian Rotten. Oh, well, one of the one of the yeah, one of the uh, one of the big names at MAW at that time was an independent wrestler named Madman Pondo, and Madman is very well known in the indie deathmatch scene these days. Uh, but this was again, this is 1999, and so me being the the uh, brilliant young mind that I am, uh, I was like, you know, we're gonna go to this MAW show. I'm a big Madman Pondo mark. Madman Pondo doesn't have merch. I'm gonna make my own. And so I made a shirt that just said, Madman Pondo is my idol, right? I made this shirt and I'm wearing this shirt. We go to the ECW meet and greet and we're going through. I meet Axel Rotten, which was fucking cool, right? Uh, I, I meet Jerry Lynn, which was fucking cool. And then we get to New Jack, right? <laughs> and we get to New Jack and I, I, ha- I have a New Jack shirt, right? I'm going to get New Jack to sign my shirt, you know? And so we get up to him. He's like, hey guys, how's it going? I was like, oh, so fucking cool to meet you, man. Really awesome. And I hand him my shirt and he grabs the shirt and he kind of looks at me out of the corner of his eye and he does a double take. And he looks, he goes, Madman Pondo is your idol. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, he's going to fucking, he, he's going to be like, who the fuck is that? Right. I was like, yeah. And he goes, you must be one sick motherfucker if that guy's your idol. <laughs> that, everything we just heard from Tom about what New Jack was and who he was and what he did. And he thought Man Mad Pondo was a sick motherfucker. <laughs> that was one of the highlights of my fucking life. Uh, and then, yeah, so we, we met New Jack and then we went to the MAW show. And after the show, I, I saw Pondo and I was like, hey, man, New Jack says hi. And he's like, tell that motherfucker to call me. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to do that. It's not like you saw him at hey, my new Jack. Yeah. You know, so, it, but it was just, it was, it was fucking great. Cause like I was mortified and excited to meet new Jack. And, and the fact that I had that momentary bond of like, you know, man, man, Pondo, I love man, man, Pondo. It, it was, it was fucking great. So I, like I said, I, I loved watching new Jack as a performer, not a wrestler, but a performer. And, and, yeah. Uh, he brought a lot to the table and uh i i definitely think that that fall he took uh the the first vic grimes fall mm-hmm. i think directly contributed to because look at the timeline all the really scary i'm gonna murder someone in a wrestling ring shit happened after that uh yeah. and so i just i do i feel like that was a pivotal turning point in the man's life 
Uh, and and it's a shame because I think he I would have loved to have seen what I would love to see what, you know, retro New Jack would do. You know, like there's there's all this reminiscing and, and going back to the good old days of ECW people talking about now. Imagine New Jack showing up at a fucking AEW show. You know, like in the middle of like, because when you're not kidding, man, when that when 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 that song hit, when Natural Born Killers hit, the whole place fucking lit up. Right. It was a it was a road warrior pop every fucking time you're throwing the X up. Right. And everybody's having everybody's having fun with New Jack. I would God, I would just lose my mind. If in the middle of a fucking match on AEW Rampage or fucking All Out, all of a sudden you hear, I'd fucking lose it. I'd lose my mind. People, and it would, people would erupt. It'd be, it'd be insane. It'd be one of the biggest pops ever. And, and to, yeah. to kind of to, to end this, I highly recommend if you enjoyed um, – not only our podcast, of course. Um, if you enjoyed uh, anything by New Jack, I highly recommend watching Paul Heyman give a uh, a very sincere and touching tribute to him. Um, he was, which was kind of this is the end of uh, the McMahon era. Um, McMahon totally, uh, totally said it was okay, um, and it was kind of weird to see Paul Heyman kind of in a very very um, kind of visceral moment. Um, because he doesn't like to be emotional uh, while obviously on, on television. And he gave, a, he gave, I think, what was a very fitting and very proper um, farewell to, to, to New Jack. And I, I think it was if, – if, if you could end the podcast, go listen to what Paul Heyman has to say and then, and then maybe watch some New Jack matches. And that will wrap it up for this week's episode. But come back next time for more news, analysis, and, of course, our Spotlighter Wrestler of the Week. Big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim, and we are...